Hey, everyone. Before the show officially starts, I want to talk to you about Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. So I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the mattress industry has uh, forced consumers into paying notoriously high markups because they jack up the prices. And the way that we all think that you have to buy a mattress, which is to go to one of those stores. And by the way, I always get personally super sleepy as soon as I walk into a mattress store. I think I'm just suggestible. But uh, the idea that you have to go to a mattress store store and lay on a bunch of mattresses and then choose your mattress that way. We all think that's the way that you have to do it. However, Casper is just revolutionizing all of that by taking away the middleman and making it so that you can buy super nice, super well-crafted mattresses online because as it turns out those like eight seconds or even if you spend more than that the uh, laying on a mattress in a store doesn't really translate into whether you'll like the mattress once you get it home so casper mattresses have just the right sink just the right balance it's two technologies latex foam and memory foam that's what the mattress is made out of and it comes together for better nights and brighter days and there's a risk-free trial and return policy so you can try sleeping on your casper for 100 days free delivery painless returns um, so what I'm saying is if you don't like it after 100 days, uh, then it's painless returns. But you will because you will sleep soundly and you'll be like, ah, oh, this is what it's like to sleep on a super nice mattress. And the mattresses are made in America. They're affordable. It's like $500 for a twin size mattress, $950 for a king size mattress. And they come... It's really cool. They come in like a pretty sizable box, but then you unpack it and there's a special tool to like break into it and then it, the whole mattress unfurls. It's, it's pretty magical. Special offer for you guys, my listeners. You get $50 towards any mattress purchase by, by visiting casper.com slash best friend and using the promo best friend. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that is www.casper.com slash best friend and use the promo best friend. Okay, here we go. Here's the episode with Kevin Pereira. Allison. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here in dining room studios with the one and only Kevin Pereira. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, yes. Did I trigger that wave file? As a- <laughs> Perhaps I should say welcome back. Because yes. Because you were a guest on the eighth episode of this show back in 2012. Yes. In, the, in a cold, early. dark dungeon. Nothing like this, right, this- extravagant illustrious yes. studio this is amazing thank, thank you. you and the sense of history walking up the steps I just know. permeated i could feel right. it tingling in my bones yeah it's like you're on the great white way <laughs> exactly this was used as a, as a broadway stage at one point <laughs> it's, it's very very far from broadway but uh just the history is the talent has touched it and i can feel it yeah and that's what matters i feel like you're already you're like glowing a little more than normal well I mean, it's the, the intro music which by the way just the darkest thoughts enter my head during that song like i really? mean yeah it's just like because it's so cheery and happy and then just like just get visuals of like cutting in a bathtub or cracking lines on a mirror or something mm-hmm. just the the, the juxtaposition of dark, sad hose out of the muffler into the garage passing sure. out with that song makes me giggle. You, That'll the, give you an, 
there's some bats up in here. You're the first person to have that reaction to the song. Really? Yeah. And I've had a lot of people listen to it. Doesn't it make you want to shoot a montage now, though? It really does. It really does. <laughs> Just you tying off strangers in a park bathroom and stabbing sure. them with needles? Yeah. Is this normally what happens when you listen to cheery stuff? Yeah, usually. Katy Perry really brings me to a, a really dark spot. You have like your own internal mood equalizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, it's- or, or you're like a mood canceling. Person. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like Bose has the noise yes. canceling headsets. I'm the mood canceler. Canceler. Gotcha. So if look, if you're in a dark place, I will puke rainbows and sunshine and wind chimes and the sound of children playing at a park. That's fine. But if you're on the other end of that spectrum, I gotta drag you back. There's no one or zero. We gotta live in the gray, Allison. Sure, that's I'm what I'm with saying. You. I'm with you. Do you tend to um not enjoy the extremes? No, you know what it is. I took uh just I took way too many drugs like a week ago, and my serotonin is still trying to kick back in, and it's fighting. It's been a it's been a struggle the last three days. What'd you take? I took uh, a, a powdery substance known as MDMA. Oh, and had quite a Saturday, and it was phenomenal. A little dance party in the living room, but mm-hmm. now you got to pay the price. So you got to stay hydrated. Got to take a lot of five HTP, a lot of magnesium, a lot of vitamin supplements. How are you? Does your back hurt? <laughs> uh, lower back was killing me. Jaw still hurts because okay. apparently I was trying to chew through my own face at around one in the morning, which is something that happens. I have never done MDMA or ecstasy. Are they the same? Uh, yeah. One is usually what people say is ecstasy. They're trying to say that it's MDMA, which might have an ounce of it in there, but then mm-hmm. it's probably cut with caffeine or uh, you know baking soda or d- baby diuretics. Like There's all sorts of weird stuff that they try to mix it up with. Why would you need a baby to go pee? <laughs> it's it's more for the, uh, you would never want to give a baby ecstasy to try to induce urination. I'm going right. to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to yeah. take a bold stance and say, don't <laughs> give children MDMA. It's more for when someone is trying to sell a product in like a dime bag, oh. they cut it with other stuff. Right. So that way they can, you know, make right. their product last a little longer. And so if you use diuretics or uh, baking soda or whatever sometimes it's harder to tell what's in a pill yeah but i'm no, very I'm... irresponsible about being irresponsible i order a testing kit i do everything i mix everything i see what colors things turn and how they bubble up and i know what i have and what i don't have have you ever uh decided to not take whatever you bought because it came up wrong color yes i have i and... have and it's there's nothing more soul crushing there's nothing better than pointing to a bleachers <laughs> of an evening and this is going to be amazing and then ah we can't can we and sometimes, yeah, you can. Does but it tell you what it turned, what what's in there, or does it just say this is not it's what fantastic. you want it to be? Dance Safe has this whole testing kit that you can order, and it comes with a, a, a color coded chart. And there's like six different tests you can perform, where you scrape off a little bit of your pill, or you put your powder on a white ceramic plate. You drop the liquid on there, and based off the color that it changes, the intensity of that color, and the time it takes to change the color, you can tell if you've got something from the two C family, which is like a uh, research chemical offshoot of MDMA. You can see if you have LSD, you can see if you have heroin or caffeine or vitamin B12, whatever. You can go through the chart and eliminate everything and go, ah, this is what I want in my body. Wow. Which is absolutely absurd that an adult, a discerning adult in this day and age who wants to be responsible has to jump through that many hoops to find out if the questionable powder that they got from a friend who maybe blew a DJ once <laughs> is actually the substance they want to take. That's what really blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Should, I mean, you could go to the corner right now and grab so many regulated poisons that are far worse for you than anything else. And I know this is, it's a, it's a pretty standard argument, but just the fact that I wanted to have an evening uh, with a certain thing and get a certain result out of it, and yet someone is wagging their finger and saying, no, 
So I have to go through that many hurdles. Mm-hmm. I have to leap that much just to be safe about it. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. And I just suspect a lot of people aren't doing that. Like that is the no. way to be responsible and safe. But I could imagine people being like, that's a buzzkill. I trust this dude. It's a buzzkill. It's, it's, it's not cost effective. The How test, much is that? The testing, testing kit can kit? run about 60 bucks. Now there's different versions you can buy that aren't as safe, that don't have as many tests. But if you're going to go, you might as well go all the way and be safe yeah. about it. But that's an extra 60 bucks. And if you're buying dirty pills at $10 a pop, well, that's six more rolls. That's basic math, my friends. Mm-hmm. Let's go to EDC. Put on the furry boots. Forget testing it. <laughs> Let's just let our eyes roll back in our head. Who gives a shit? And that's where the real danger comes from. Right. The lack of regulation actually makes makes the, the drug market far more dangerous. And I just want to emphasize that I did air quotes angrily yeah, you around did. this microphone. Um, but I, what I was thinking earlier is they should teach kids science this way. Yes. The the dare education. I I don't know. Did you have? I had dare. Did and you have I, dare? Actually, it's funny you that you bring up dare because just recently I've been speaking out a bit against. I mean, overall, I appreciate what dare was trying to do, mm-hmm. but there was so much fear mongering, and maybe some of this is my parents too. But I was so afraid of drugs. Um, and I was afraid of the worst case scenarios, sure. which is the heart attack the first time you do coke or the jumping out the window when you do LSD or, you know, going insane from it and never coming back. Right. Or a row of nipples spontaneously <laughs> popping. That Does too. that happen? Is that it, a thing that can happen? That is one of the things that can happen. Yep. You sprout teats. See, sign me up. The mm-hmm. answer is sign me up. The, and that's good that you're afraid of drugs because dr- drugs and, and look, there is a lot of stuff to be afraid of, uh, you know. The the issue that I have is that when you tell kids, especially teenagers, hey, uh, can't smoke the marijuana because you'll go crazy, and then they do smoke marijuana and they have a night of giggles and maybe Taco Bell tastes a little better, suddenly everything else you claim to be that's, an authority on is absolute bullshit. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I think that's why I got, you know, during the brief phase where I did get into trouble with drugs, that's why I got into trouble with drugs because mm. when I did them and I found out that, oh, actually the worst thing that happens is you kind of turn into a chatty asshole. I was like, I love this <laughs> and now I'm going to rebel even though – and I did that at 27, which is like late to get into that mm-hmm. game, I think. Um, and arguably almost more dangerous because I feel like if you're dabbling with drugs at 27 – you're looking at potentially more of a problem than if you're doing it at 16 or 17 when it's kind of a normal rite of passage. I don't know. I could go either way on that one. But yeah, I feel like Dare just set the bar too high because it's it's not – there's enough bad things that can happen realistically from drugs. Focus on those. That would have worked for me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't only – talk about the negative you have to talk about the positive why someone would ever want to take this thing if it is so bad why are some people lining up why are some people planning entire weekends or weeks at burning man around these things (laughs) yeah if they're so bad and so dangerous the answer is that not all of them are as bad as they're made out to be and not all of them are as dangerous as they're made out to be and there's a good argument to be made that Fast food can be just as dangerous if you if you establish an addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, overindulgence in anything in this world, even exercise, can actually cause great harm. Teats. And they never exactly so many teats. <laughs> I've been in the middle of a power squat and just had nipples sprout just, yeah. on my lower back, and it is like, weird. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. <laughs> and at twenty four hour, they come over and they milk them, and it's really inappropriate. Oh, wow, yeah. So it's always an unwelcome touch. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever uh, worried that you're developing a problem, though? Yes. Yes. Um, 
but I, but the, that ounce of worry immediately put a halt to anything I was doing, which that was the greatest self-check. That was mm-hmm. the greatest regulation. I was, uh, I grew up in a town where there wasn't much to do in Northern California. So it was either Antioch. Antioch yeah. So it was either you escaped through creativity or you did drugs and that was pretty much it. Maybe you joined a gang. Uh, <laughs> so I saw that and was like, oh, I don't actually want any of that. I mean, I like these guys I'm, they're fun to hang out with, but that part of it, not interested in. So Around 21, 22-ish is when I started to really experiment and Mm. come of age with it, which I think is good, by the way. I think the later blooming is better. Give your brain as much time as it can to grow and form all of its synapses before you start singeing them. That's true. Before you start carpet bombing them with substances. (laughs) Like you got plenty of time. Um, Learn to enjoy life and to hate it naturally and then start modifying. But there there was a point with weed where... I was showing up to do, you know, a television show or showing up to parties and it was predicated around like, oh, if I just get a little high, I'm gonna have a great time. This is gonna be an extra great show. And they were for the most part. But then I remember, I think I was, uh, oh, it was actually with Adderall. A friend was like, you should try Adderall. And I was probably 26 at the time and I took one. And I don't know if you're familiar with Adderall. It's like, it's legal methamphetamine, essentially. It's a legal amphetamine that college kids love to do while studying for finals. But I found it made hosting a live television show fucking awesome. (laughs) You could, I could take that and be laser dialed in on everything. I could read three prompters at the same time. (laughs) I was tossing to segments on another network while I was interviewing (laughs) again. Like it was amazing. I was like a cartoon octopus at a control panel, just Mm -hmm. hitting all the switches. And then by like day four, I was like, oh, I don't have that same feeling. And what he goes what like, did you feel at that point? I felt normal while oh. on half of his Adderall. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, dude, yeah, I take a full one. And I take several a day. He's like, so, several, wow. so you should just take the full thing. And I'm like, oh, oh, there's that glow again. <laughs> day five. Oh, it's gone. I took a full one. Well, maybe if I just do one and a half. Hold on a second. Hold the phone. That, that, when I heard that voice inside my head, I was like, you need to, you need to not. Oh, that's good. And so I went cold turkey on everything for a long while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel good have like knowing that I had that self-regulation, but I, I, it was dangerous that I put myself in a position to test that. Right. That I allowed my hand to get that close to the flame where I could easily have gotten my own prescription and just been taking a thousand of them a day. And were you sleeping during those five or six days? Yeah, I was. I didn't have that issue. I would take it early in the morning, like early-ish, and then I would go have a workout and laser focus and go into work, <laughs> write my scripts. And then by the time I was doing the show, it was almost kind of running out of my system. Uh-huh. But then I would take more. And And what was also dangerous was that like day four or five, the show didn't seem as good as the first day when I did it. Right. And I'm like, that's really dangerous now if I'm if I'm hinging whether or not I did well on something off the feeling I got from this pill. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of placebo going on as well, where it's like, well, if I just take this, this sweet, it's the Space Jam special juice, the Michael Jordan special juice. Mm. So if I just drink this, then this is going to be the best show ever. If you don't have that juice, then you're in a lot of trouble. So right. that's that was the the step back from it. Um, now were the producers and people around you also telling you that you were doing great shows? Yeah. I mean, but they would, they were, they were so, so supportive that I, you know, I could have tripped and fallen on my face several times through the show and been like, <laughs> great job. Love the face falling part. That okay. was awesome. Yeah. So I guess I'm just, hard to judge. I'm just wondering, were, was this really the missing thing for you and all of a sudden right. you were performing better or did you just feel like you were? Yeah. I, pro- I think I just felt like I was, I'm sure for, look there, there's. There's a key for every lock. I'm sure for somebody out there, whether it's Adderall or just vitamins, who knows what is unlocking their <laughs> mm-hmm. potential in their performance. And I'm not one to say it doesn't work for you. But for me, 
I think it was clearly in my mind. It was, I'm going to take this thing. Yes, naturally, you're taking amphetamines, which is what they give fighter pilots to do bombing runs at 3 a.m. You're going to feel amped up. So I felt that, and that was amazing. And this was at a time where I didn't drink coffee oh. or take caffeine. Mm-hmm. So this was, oh, this was an awakening for me. Yeah. But it really didn't. I don't think had a a giant effect. Like if someone was a diehard fan of the shows that I used to make on G4, I don't think they could throw a dart and hit anywhere near the shows that I'm talking about. I just don't think they would know. Right. That's, that's really, I never delivered better than a seven. So (laughs) whether this was a seven or it was a six, it doesn't matter. They were all, they were all pretty mediocre shows. It's okay. And now you're doing a bunch of stuff, but one of the things you're doing is hosting hack my life. Yeah. Which I love that show. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm always surprised when people... A lot of people like it, but I'm always shocked when I run into people that do. Why? So, uh, just, it's such a different show than anything I've ever done. It's mm-hmm. so like, I've I've talked with, you know, 50-year-olds who were like, oh, my, my eight-year-old and I love to watch it before bed every night. You know, I've heard, oh, my six-year-old will marathon it. I've also had, you know, 45-year-olds go, it's my favorite thing. It's just from a demographic perspective, it's not like anything I've ever done before. Right. So, so let's explain to the listeners, if they're not familiar with the show, what it sure. is. Sure. Uh, it is a show that explores life hacks, which are uh, little tidbits of information or clever uses for everyday items that you might not have thought of. Um, that could be starting a, a barbecue fire with Doritos. If you're out of charcoal, it works. It's crazy. I almost lost my eyebrows <laughs> when we built a bonfire of them and set them on fire. Uh, but you can do it to um, to even like drinking uh, drinking tw- it's like 24 ounces of ice water or 16 ounces of ice water in the morning. If you shotgun that down, it's as effective as drinking like a cup and a half of coffee. But it has to be freezing ice water. It sounds so uncomfortable. Shug it down. It'll wake it. It is, and I tried it, but it'll wake you up. Mm-hmm. It'll get you going. So little life hacks, and we try to present them as you've hopefully seen in like a fun or interesting way. Yeah, it really it's very watchable because it's so fast moving, and you guys are both really charismatic and Thank funny. You. Um, where do the things that you test out on the show come from? They usually come. We have a they have a full writing staff. I mean, you know, at, at, I think there was at one point I was supposed to try to take credit for life hacks, but I'm like, that's not that's not me. I'm happy to test them. I think they're cool and they're fun, but I don't crawl BuzzFeed or Tumblr's <laughs> for them. But we do we do ask people on Tumblr to submit their hacks because the show has a has a Tumblr, and then the writing staff will come up with stuff, and then Brooke and I will sit there and go, okay, well, what, can we test it in this way, or let's do a hidden camera thing over there, and it's it's really the producers and the writers who come up with the stuff, and then we get to take credit for it, mm-hmm. which is the best gig ever. What has been the most surprising outcome? You know, it's weird. Uh, the The hacks themselves, you know, like peeling potatoes with a, a drill, like an electric drill with a, a toilet scrubbing brush, like a wire brush on the other end. You can peel a bunch of potatoes really fast with that. It's it requires a very specific setup to make happen, but and like, a clean toilet brush. Well, that's you know <laughs> up to you. I'm not going to judge your, your culinary <laughs> habits. Like whatever you're into, you're into. Um, Yes, please use a clean bucket and brush, please, God. Um, But for me, what was most surprising, I just finished filming season two, which is going to start airing soon. And I was in New York and we started doing this whole undercover hack thing where uh, it's a truly hidden camera shoot, not like fake TV Mm -hmm. hidden camera where you cast everybody. There were some casted people, not to be too disingenuous, but it was real hidden camera with uh, I'm wearing a backpack and I got little cameras in the lapels and wireless transmitters. We got GoPros and street poles and guys hiding in vans. Like it's elaborate. And there's a segment called lend me a hack. And the idea is, will anybody on the street come up to a stranger who's in need and lend them a hack, something to help them get, Oh, I got coffee on my shirt or we did one with lipstick on the collar and women were not helpful at all with that. (laughs) But the guys were super like there to like hang out and help and do things. And 
what was surprising to me and it's it's kind of a dodge of the answer but it's true what 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 was surprising to me was was like the human decency again Mm -hmm. especially on the streets of new york where you're not supposed to get that right people are too busy they're not giving you the time of day the number of people who would stop and hear me out this crazy dude pacing and talking to himself is that what you had to do like rant kind of and uh, I, I mean, uh, when I'm naturally going like, oh man, I got coffee all over my shirt. I'm like, I'm basic. There's no Bluetooth headset. Right. I'm ranting so the cameras can pick it up and the hidden yeah. mics can pick it up. But they would stop and and people who were on their day, who on their way, who had things to do, coffees in hand, whatever they were having, living their own life, they would stop, hear me out. And one guy, we did one thing where um, it was like someone stole my bike seat. And this guy reaches into his backpack, pulls out his notebook. He was a, I'll never forget this guy. He was a music instructor and he had all these notes, pages and pages, at least 50 pages of notes from his students and his songs or whatever. He's like, here, uh, takes out a shoelace and ties the book, the notebook to be like a, a seat on the bike. Wow. And so I sit on it and I'm like, oh, that's wonky. He's like, yeah, but maybe it'll get you to a bus stop. Or I think there's a bike repair shop like two, three blocks away if you just want to ride it there. Okay, thanks. And I ride off and... I totally unprofessionally ruined the take because I look at one of the hidden cameras and I go like, that was the most convincing extra you guys have ever cast. Give that fucker a raise. Ha ha ha. And they're all like, no, that that's not an extra, Kevin. That was that was a dude. And the guy signed the release and walked off wow. and left his notebook. Left it. He was just like, oh, yeah, I didn't know I was on a show and left. How kind. That's so nice. Total act of kindness. And that was that was a wonderfully surprising thing to take away from doing the show. Okay. If you had done that in another city, mm-hmm. do you think you would have had different results? Like LA. Hard to say. You know, in, in New York, at least, the odds of running into someone who's walking are pretty are high. Higher, in yeah. LA, you're going to get honked at because no <laughs> one leaves their car ever, mm-hmm. even to do yoga. Um, so, I, you know, LA would have been tough, but I would have thought New York would have been a, 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 a pretty high barrier. I would, have, I would not have expected everybody to stop and be so accommodating. So I could only imagine doing that like in the South where I've, you know, in Wichita Falls, Texas, where I used to spend my summers, people are very kind. They go out of their way. I'm sure someone would have actually built me a new bike out of twigs and hay <laughs> and gone, here you go, kid. So, right. so you, yeah. What did you do in Wichita Falls? I had a friend that lived out there. So every few years I would go out there for the summers and would repair computers for people to make kind of like summer cash. Mm-hmm. And then we go hang out at the Sonic or the Fazoli's or the Hastings video. No, <laughs> is this hitting in the South? Can we find out? Is it real time? Nope. There's no. Nope. We didn't trend. Okay. Yeah. No, the clap meter is going nuts. <laughs> it's going nuts. There's one guy where's in South Carolina. Where's, where's my South? Sal- yeah. There's my Southerners. There Light claps. <laughs> so to go back to the hidden camera, yeah, hack sure, my life sure. stuff. Have you done a lot of hidden camera stuff? Not at all. Did it make you nervous? At I all? was pe- I was mortified. I did not want to do it. Brooke, my co-host, did not want to do it. I didn't want to do it either. But I was like, well, I guess by default, I'm doing it. She right. got to say no first. And it was just like... <laughs> It was it was terrifying. What aspect Absolutely terrifying. of it? Well, the good news, I had actually filmed a show. I, I, I can't talk about that show. Never mind. We'll strike that. From, I did a thing where I had to confront strangers in it in, in under like a hidden camera present premise mm-hmm. like a week before. And it was equally as grueling. So I felt like I had a little bit under my belt. But just the notion of that fear of rejection, that yeah. fear of getting in someone's face. Like I know, I don't know what sort of day anyone's having. I know even when I'm having a pretty okay day, I still am focused on getting to B. I'm at A and you're catching me on the transition to B, right? So I got to get to B. So if you're stopping me, there's something there. And you're generally not stopped for something that's going to positively affect you no, in this world. No, it's someone who's trying to sell you a haircut or religion. <laughs> yes. Or they want money. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And and so it was it was awkward for me to I felt like I was infringing upon their day and their moments and I was mm-hmm. encroaching and it, and it was that was again so eye-opening to be like, "Oh no, it's okay to be open to someone in need. It's okay to have that moment to give them 5 seconds." And there were definitely some people who were angry, get the mm-hmm. fuck out of my face and as like, I just said, "Excuse me." But then by the end of this experiment or this experience or the segment, however you want to call it, uh, those people that was almost laughable. Like that fear was gone because it was like, well, if that's your reaction to someone saying, excuse me on the street. And that's what you did. You were like kind of freaking out about your quote unquote predicament. And then you'd ask people for help. Yeah. I didn't like leap in front of people and grab their collars or anything. (laughs) It was always like, oh, excuse. Hey, do you have a second? I'm so sorry to bother. It was always from like an apologetic. Like I realize I am infringing upon your time. Right. You know, but there were even a few moments where I just started shouting into the ether. Like, "Ah, I've got to get this coffee off my shirt. And someone's like, excuse me, what? Woman came over and she's like, well, I got got some sanitary napkins, some sanitary <laughs> pads. And I was like, what? And she's like, here, just take them all. And she handed me it because it started to work. We were using mm-hmm. like hand sanitizer and some some uh, pads. sanitary pads. Yeah, That's and it worked. Funny. So she's like, here you go. And she just came because I was crying out into the, the heavens. Right. Yeah, because I, as someone who uh, has done hosty stuff before, I always marvel at how I'm so brave if I have a microphone in my hand in terms of doing man on the street or going up to people, but being in that same setting without the microphone that just sitting here, I'm like, that would be, um, that would take a lot of getting over my natural hesitation to be that person. Cause there's no, cause without the microphone, there's no excuse for why you're acting the way you're acting. Right. Yeah. The a mic flag can excuse anything. Okay. Yes. Camera crew with you. Oh, that person's acting irrational and crazy, oh, but there's a lens on them. So it's entirely okay. Right. That explains an entire generation of children who are being <laughs> raised right now. Like, oh, that's for Snapchat or Vine. They get to do, they get to throw milk jugs in the supermarket. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, the moment you peel that away and it's now just you raw interacting with the mm-hmm. public, that was, it was really, it was a dumb thing to be scared about. Like, this is my dirty job. But <laughs> it's true. I was scared. I was absolutely mortified to do the bit, but yeah. I'm glad that I did. And I think it's going to be really funny because the, the natural reactions from people were really amazing. Very I'm charming. excited to see that. So you, okay, so Hack My Life. Yeah. And then some project that you can't talk about yet. Another project that I can't talk about, but there is a new show that I'm doing for True TV as well, uh, which we just started shooting. Uh, I don't know if I can say the name of it, but I can, I, I think I can talk about the concept, which oh, is good. awesome. And it's all about uh, getting to hang out with like celebrities and influencers, but you're not allowed to talk about or do the thing that they're known for. With so, them. With them at all. So how does that manifest itself? Well, we shot the first uh, bit with Michelle Rodriguez up at Laguna Seca, which is a racetrack in Northern California, and we were riding uh, like super bikes together. I get to go ride motorcycles and hang out with her biker boy crew and just shoot the shit. And never once did I make a Vin Diesel reference <laughs> or talk about Fast and Furious anything. It was all just like, what are you into? Great. Uh, Diplo, who's a music producer, mm-hmm. does Mad Decent. He's a crazy, crazy music producer. He's super into chess. So we're going to play chess with him and Gary Kasparov. I'm going to bring those two guys together and we're going to sit down and play some chess and have some coffee. Like as opposed to DJing or producing? Yeah, or like watching him him? in the studio or going to like uh, going to Jamaica and watching some stabbing happening on a dance floor. Like (laughs) we're not going to do that. We're going to do the chess thing. So for me, that's really exciting because I love I love trying new things. I like interviewing people. Mm. And this is a chance to interview people about something they're passionate about and they don't feel like they have to plug their next animated feature right. or whatever it is. That's really cool. Now, is this your this show your idea? No, it's not. No, I'm just meat puppet. I'm just <laughs> talent. I was plucked and placed mm-hmm. and happily so. And is that the same with Hack My Life? Yeah. Where you just yeah, yeah. auditioned or? Yeah, they called me out and they said, hey, we want to do a trial for this thing. So I shot 
at a park in New York. We were opening wine bottles with a shoe against a tree. And the next thing <laughs> I knew, we were on season two. Nice. But I am, I'm developing a show for them now, which is the thing that I can't talk about. Oh, uh, okay. So I do get to do some stuff as well behind the camera, which is great. And you also have a Twitch channel. <laughs> Can you talk about that? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's called The Attack. For people who don't really know what... I mean, I actually do know what Twitch is, Twitch, but yeah. I'm Twitch assuming is, some people don't. Yeah, Twitch is a live streaming network. Amazon bought them for just shy of a billion dollars about eight months ago or 12 months ago. Uh, and they are a network, uh, a service in which you can watch people usually play video games and comment on them. So you can watch professionals play and teach you tips and tricks. You can watch entertainers play who just tell jokes and interact with their chat and give away prizes. Uh, and I am kind of doing variety programming now, which is... I love video games and I love technology, so we'll talk about that stuff. And because that's what most people on Twitch want to watch, we definitely hit on that. But I'm also building, you know, giant compressed air cannons to shoot McDonald's value menus at each other. And we were slingshotting babies filled with blood at a giant tarp that had donator names written on it. And whichever baby splattered first, you want an Xbox. So we're just doing weird, random stuff, sort of testing the boundaries of the platform and the audience. So I have a question. Um, the the darkness that <laughs> informs the montage that goes yeah, through your head yeah, when yeah. you're listening to my theme song, yeah. the darkness that has you shooting babies full of blood <laughs> at yeah. a tarp with donor names on it, yeah. is making me remember that when you were on the show last, we talked about how you were a product of the internet, and uh, so yeah. you were desensitized. Um, like I cannot handle videos of beheadings mm. or anything i can't even handle violence in movies where i know it's fake i just I, i've got a very very low threshold for gore what about you popping are... are you familiar with popping no can you pull up the interwebs on no, that no 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 reddit slash r slash popping just tell it's me what it is it's a subreddit for people who love to squeeze at oh i hate and that oh and just watch streams of string cheese shoot out of the oh back. my god yeah. someone okay yeah. okay you know what i'm talking about all right popping? i need to come clean about something <laughs> On the Adam Carolla show, Adam was always like, chicks love to pop zits. Don't, wouldn't you just pay so much money to pop your boyfriend's zits out or something <laughs> like that? And because I was schooled in the yes and thing, I would just be like, mm-hmm. Um, and I would load just it into say a vice yes. and just clamp it down oh, and let God. that flesh ends meet. And I have no interest in popping someone else's zit. So recently on Instagram, a fan tagged me in a popping video. Uh, and it's so nasty. And so I finally, like a weight off my chest, I was like, I find this horrific. I un like I understand why you think I, I would like I this. You were carrying the burden that that weight off your it chest. Did. Like after all these years, I can lift it. I don't like popping. Zits. I don't <laughs> want to ever pop someone else's zit. <laughs> if I'm touching Daniel and I come across some kind of scab, I just leave it. Oh God, is that just is that a common occurrence? Just no. randomly like oh, just raked over another <laughs> one. Well, let's add that to the tally and keep moving on. No, no, I'm just saying if I did, I wouldn't be like. Let me pop that, please. Let right. me get my mitts on that. My, I like to pick my own stuff. But uh, anyway. Everyone loves their own vintage. That makes sense. Yes. But no, I, I dated someone who was super into that. Apparently, there's a lot of people who are. Yeah, yeah. But there's a whole subreddit. There's a whole community Ugh. of people who love that. So I, you can't handle that either. Just, no. just pulling up the the main page for that. <laughs> and seeing, your stomach? Yeah, seeing the thumbnails <laughs> of what was going on, which was not graphic in any way whatsoever. I'll expand it. Was Come making on. my eyes water. Come on, expand one. Just one. No, let's I get. Can't. Let's. I would I like to watch one. your reaction to one. Would be great. Is it? You saw one? Well, oh, on Instagram. One yeah. So these. 
so not only you'll get your run of the mill blackhead, that's fine, that's good. But this will have like, oh, this is a like Brazilian a hospital. This is an infected oh, cyst. God. It weighs fifteen pounds, and we're just gonna squeeze like a soccer ball Ugh. of cottage cheese out of someone's chest, Ugh. and you get that. And sometimes they'll have to cut it open with a scalpel, ah! and then they'll put in they'll put in scissors or other surgical devices and sh- and mix it up like it's a can of paint. Oh God. <laughs> Just to make it real verbal for the podcast crowd, <laughs> here are the first four titles. This is just the titles. Okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, you should see the pictures. And the pictures aren't even graphic, but I'm throwing I up in my own mouth. <laughs> Nevis Comandicus higher quality images. I don't know what that is. It sounds like an ancient Egyptian thing. Nevis com- I don't well, want to know what it is. Common, it must be like a Latin name for giant zit. Or like necrotic flesh I'm, or I'm, something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm holding my hand up to cover up the thumbnails while I read this. <laughs> Number two. I sty with my little eye. Ah! <laughs> now, number three. Oh, so satisfying tonsil stone removal. Oh, God. Tonsil stones are another thing I want to wipe from my memory. It's the knowledge of these. It's not your traditional R slash R popping, but still ellipsis. Very detailed. Yeah. Very detailed. A pretty long title. We didn't realize. Here's a, here's a very vague but engaging title. <laughs> Sucked these out of the roof of my mouth this morning. Oh, my God. Yes. I will not be following this. I'm oh, I, I, very desensitized. Very desensitized. I feel like someone took <laughs> surgical instruments and churned just the inside of me right now. I can't. I feel wait. like I'm going to pop out of my mouth. And, oh, we'll post it. <laughs> Let me grab that. That's original <laughs> content. That's OC. Let me get that. Yeah. That's going to be several upvotes. Oh, God. I, I, I understand the satisfaction of tonsil stones popping out. Do you have them? I, I've I have had them. Oh, I find I'm sorry, but not in a long time. When okay. I was a teenager, I used to get a lot of them. How do you pop? The, do you have to pull them out or scrape them out, or you is just it... kind of poke them with your tongue and then? Oh, oh and then it... yeah, okay. But there's no popping sound that I've ever heard. They, and they just sort of dislodge them. So I I understand <laughs> the satisfaction of getting one out, but I don't want it to be a topic of discussion. Right. Yeah. I just I just want it over. Yeah. Well, it is a topic of discussion right now, my friends. Oh, it's a whole, yeah. That is a. Sorry, you were asking about being desensitized, which that's what I, I point to. Because I, I, my, my co-host on the attack on the Twitch stream, Alex, uh, he's a young lad. And not, not a ton bothers him because he, too, was kind of raised by the internet. And mm-hmm. his life has been informed by this endless stream of media just slamming against his eyeballs. But for some reason, that shit gets to him. He can see pretty much anything else. He can watch the beheading videos, the vomit. The what, like, I don't know his exact internet history. Right. But that, the popping for whatever fucking reason, makes him want to hurl. Yeah, I get that. So it's my favorite thing, now that we have Chromecast installed at the office, <laughs> it's my favorite thing to shoot a video to the monitor when he's deep in work mode, and then I'll tap him on the shoulder and go, Alex, what is that? And I try to time it, time the playback right with the the moment of eruption. Ugh. And it's my favorite, because he will gag for a good five minutes. It's so evil. Yeah, 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 we have a great, great office. So do you think this darkness in you is a result or has a relationship to you're being desensitized or do you think the darkness in you is what drove you to desensitize yourself in a way? It's a very Ooh. deep question. Ooh, yeah, I haven't, that's a, hmm. Hmm. Mm. Which came first? Did the darkness drive me to be desensitized or was I so desensitized that it allowed the darkness to manifest itself? Yeah, or? like is the darkness sort of a result of... I might jump ship on this question in the middle because I'm not sure I'm I'm agreeing with it because it's so like quasi therapeutic and if, if I could rephrase forced, it for yeah. you, which came first, the rotting dead chicken or the rotting dead egg? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I well, think 
there was ahead. an accumulation. There was an accumulation of 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 tolerance, right? There was a level. It was a buildup over time. Again, waves of media slamming into my body when I was much younger on really, really twi- like you think the internet is twisted now, but back then it was a real wild west where it was very easy to get to all like, sorts. Were of- you looking at essentially the dark web? Well, yeah, That's I mean, it wasn't, it, is, it wasn't right? technically the dark web at the time. It was just the internet, but uh-huh. it's like the, the, it's the, the, there were sites like Style Project and there were bulletin boards that were known for like you dial in and you grab files and you don't know what they're going to be, but ooh, get ready for an afternoon. But I mean, there was something in you that drove you to do more and more of oh, that. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I think it. it was just, it was, I, I think it was the dangers of of young human curiosity mm-hmm. mixed with the very early onset of unfiltered access to the world. Right. This was and this was early nineties where some people still had no idea what a modem was, let alone a computer, let alone the internet, and yet I was tapped in. So yeah, I mean, if it would be marathon sessions, six hours at a time of just crawling every corner, d- clicking deep down every rabbit hole that you could to find out what was there. And if it was a cool video game, great. If it was a neat piece of text or a factoid about a nuclear reactor, okay, cool, I'll I'll absorb it. Mm -hmm. But when you click and the video file is downloading in the background and hours later, because that's how long it took... You double click, you open it up, and wow, what did, what, what did I get? Well, I'm not going to turn away because I committed hours to this. Right. So let's find out what this is. And, you know, you would you just watch it. And it became, again, I think I said last time, it was just pixels on a screen. It wasn't people with feelings and mm-hmm. emotions, and it wasn't in actions with consequences. It was just a file. It was just a quick time movie. And I had nothing to do with it. I was just watching it. But I think that allowed me to go to those dark places because I had seen them. Right. I know they can exist. I was very aware of them from a young age, so I can kind of tap into that without feeling the gravity of that. Did you experience trauma in your own life? No, not a, not an especially crazy trauma. I mean, some would say that I grew up with like in an abusive household, like verbally, and and I guess at times when I was younger, at least the threat of physically a handful mm-hmm. of times physically, but the threat then I think becomes worse than the action itself right. when you live under that yeah. constant pressure and fear. Um, so yes, I, I I guess it I guess you could say that I lived with that, but there wasn't like a monumental traumatic thing. I didn't witness firsthand something crazy that mm-hmm. made that drew me towards that. There was no uncle that put that into me into a bouncy house. There was no, I you know I I don't know where it comes from. Right, but I grew up with um with a lot of rage in the household and a lot of yelling and, and I would say some emotional abuse. Although I think the people who were perpetrating it weren't aware that that's what it was. It's only now that I'm an adult. I'm like, that's people shouldn't talk to each other that way. Like that's not the right way to handle those situations, but it affected me really deeply. Like I still like, even now if people start yelling around me, I get a very uncomfortable feeling in my stomach and I get like scared still. It's, it's almost like I'm a dog that's been abused or something. And like, I, I started to cower. Really? Um, what was it like in your house? You know what? It's I, 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 the, my really, when you said that was one of uh, a complete understanding. Cause for me, it was like, <laughs> this is, I, I hate saying this stuff. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to vilify my parents at all. Like I love them to death. I, I and they, they made so many sacrifices for me. Like it just, it's, it blows my mind how selfless they were for both of their kids. My, mm-hmm. my brother and I, um, that being said, the when my father installed tile i'll never forget it was like a home improvement project he like installed tile leading from the bedroom door past the computer room and into the kitchen sort of thing and uh that fundamentally changed my life and i can still i still get like it's almost like a ptsd-ish flinch whenever i hear heavy footsteps on a surface because the tile the sound of 
heavy footsteps on the tile represented he's home now. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the computer room, which is halfway to the living room or the kitchen where he's going. And so I could feel every step resonating and kind of rocking the chair. I can hear it getting louder and closer. And so my shoulders will go up and I'll tense. And if I'm in the middle of a task on a computer, you know, I, I don't want to be called lazy or be whatever or eh. so I'll close it and I'll kind of just like just wait for it to pass. And sometimes right. it would and the door wouldn't open. Other times the door would open and I'd be told that I was whatever. To this day, I'll be in my office at work and the door is closed and I'll hear footsteps of someone approaching and I'll have that same exact thing, that flinch, right. that subconscious little, oh, am I, is everything cool? Am I being productive? Is something happening? Is there a spreadsheet open? Am I on the phone? What am I doing? <sighs> and I'll have that flinch and I have to like fight it and push my shoulders down right. and not adjust my posture and be relaxed Yeah, because it's it was programmed in day after right. day, summer after summer, whatever. That that to me is my version of that. Yeah. So the thing was, you would get in trouble if you weren't being quote unquote productive. Sure, sure, yeah. It w- well, a myriad of things, you know. But it was, you know, is the how can you be on that thing when the trash isn't taken out? How oh, can you yeah. be what whatever those things like, no are? No matter what is, you're doing, you should have been doing should have been else. doing something else. I should have been more proactive and not enjoying myself. I should or learning or I mean, and at the time I was running an internet service provider. I had a company. Which when you were like nine or something, right? I started with, well, I, I was working at it when I was twelve. Yeah, yeah, That's but I got crazy. into bulletin boards at nine. But so there, there was a day I'll never forget this. I came home from school and uh, my pager was going off like mad because our email <laughs> server was down, our corporate email server. Oh, the stresses of being, you know, 15 years old. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, this is this is the lifeblood of this company. These are the these are the businesses that are paying a lot of money for email. So I race to the computer right when I get home. Don't even say hi. Just rush on in, throw the bag down, and I'm pushing the monitor and it's not turning on. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I reach down, I'm pushing the computer tower. It's not turning on. What the shit? I go, I pull out where the keyboard should be and there's no keyboard there. What the hell? I look behind the computer. All of the cables are missing. So my 15-year-old brain is just spinning like mad of like, who breaks into a house and steals yeah. only the cables and the keyboard? Maybe their, maybe their car was too packed with other stolen goods. They couldn't fit the tower and the monitor. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm running around. I'm panicking. I need to get online. This is for my work. This mm-hmm. is my lifeblood. My father's in the garage. I go out there. I was like, Dad, what's going on with the computer? Do you have any idea what's going on? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. He's cleaning a car or doing whatever productive thing he was doing. It was a 15-minute discussion slash negotiation of like, I need you to tell me what is going on. This is my job. If you're mad at me about something or if I didn't do a thing that you wanted me to do. And these, like, I'm having this discussion. I am the child mm-hmm. and I'm having this discussion. Like, if there's something that you're mad at me about and I or I didn't do a thing, I'm sorry and we can talk about it after I fix this because this is my this is my company this is my livelihood right now this is I need this maybe you should check the attic was the response finally after like 15 minutes so I pull down a ladder climb up the ladder I look and there is every cable every cord the the phone cord from the modem to the wall everything all wrapped up neatly cable tied and arranged from smallest to largest like a nice little graph and i was like i don't know i didn't know what ocd was at the time I'm like, i don't know what this is or what this represents but i'm gonna grab all this and i'm going and i'm furiously cutting cable ties to hook right. a computer up to go and reboot an email server what is that not to throw that on the table but what was that did you ever find out why no, you did that I, I i when i was done i obviously i went out i fixed everything i went out there and it was like what's going on and he it was like as if the incident never even happened as oh, if he never so... did. And I questioned him about it a few years back. 
It's like, hey, do you remember this time you were batshit crazy <laughs> and did this fucking thing that makes no logical sense whatsoever and is childish and I was I'm angry. Yeah. It's like, that never, you're crazy. That never even uh, happened. And I'm like, ah! I have a handful of those. Well, give me one. <sighs> give me one. That was, a, that was a pretty deep share. That was a deep cut. Give me I one. I know. I'm, well, maybe one will come to me. I have, but I have a handful of things. You have where, the unresolved things where you, where I bring them up yeah. as an adult and I try to get information. And I, it's not that we have no memory of that as much as like they get, they'll get angry very fast and like come up with all these reasons to like push me to, to get me to stop asking. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel bad i'm not trying to do this i'm just trying to understand what happened and it's it's like they just shut me down so they're not denying the incident whatsoever they're not in denial about it or the details they're denying nor acknowledging yeah they just want me to they just they don't want to feel bad it's their thing um but is that enough is that acknowledgement that they don't want to feel bad like no acknowledgement enough that the incident happened or no 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 i mean no, because my thing is always like I want to be understood and I want to understand. Um, but for me, the cables would not have been neatly uh, organized, small to big. It would have been like a angry jumble just tossed on the table, thrown or against something. the wall. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, but I feel like there's something I was gonna say in the midst of all that. Uh, where did your mom fit into all this? Uh, she was a superhero that kind of kept the house together and kept the kids schedules in track. And, you know, and, and she, she, she gave up her life in many ways to allow the, the, the whole environment to exist. I mean, as did my father working very hard, uh, I would argue too hard to keep the environment there. Like he created the environment, but my mom kept that environment in order and kept it livable. Mm-hmm. Um, she was there. I, there was a time where I told her, I met, I think I was like 13, 14 years old. I was like, you should probably go. You should probably leave them. Like, this is not good for anyone. And she stuck with them. They're they're on a cruise right now with my niece. Like, they're so fine and good and great and grand, and that's awesome. But, yeah, you know, it's like at what cost? At, at what cost? Like, I could say, I don't know, the Mr. Destiny moment where my life spirals out in one direction because of a decision she made or didn't made or that my father made or didn't made. But it's easy for me to go, well, I'm here now because she was so selfless and my dad made all these sacrifices, but I don't know if I'd be in a different place or if I'd be happier or if I wouldn't have that deep, dark pit somewhere. I don't know if they would have separated or if things would have been a little different. I have no clue. Right. Maybe I was one game of catch away <laughs> from not caring about slash R slash popping. I don't know, but now it's, now it's on me. You know, now it's on us. Like we're old enough now to where it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like the foundation is there. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, you know, I, I know. And I struggle with I struggle with that a lot because I'm very aware that like I'm an adult. And at this point, how I feel and what I choose to do with those feelings and whether I walk around with some anger or mm-hmm. sadness or whatever or what have you, it's my choice. It's my life now. But I still, you know, will get into a very teenage mood of like, that was so fucked up. I'm still angry about this thing that happened when I was, you know, seven or eight or 12 or 13 or 21. Or I mean, I've got, there's a a lot of things that I'm still upset about. And it's, it's always less the incident than the way it was handled afterwards. Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing is with my parents, you cannot, with, I mean, a few exceptions, cannot have a satisfying 
conversation about it because they just, they generally don't like to apologize and they don't like to have any conversation where they begin to, like, they're very quick to, 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 to say, you're trying to make me feel bad. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm trying to understand. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know. But I mean, then, and then it's like this thing, which I think is kind of always the case. Well, they grew up in, I've described their childhoods as like Dickensian in terms of abuse. I mean, oh, just off the charts, no questions asked, very, very abusive. So what, Mm -hmm. so the way they raised us was a lot better, but I'm still angry about shit. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Same, same rules apply to my folks as well. It was draconian, the household laws that were going on. And so was it a market improvement? Absolutely. Is it enough for me? Fuck no, I'm me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, of course not. Like, how do you feel in those moments when there's an argument happening and you instinctively shrivel, you, you shrink down. Like as much as, as much as we like to go, we're adults now, it's our shit to deal with. We have to process and go through it. You can't look to the past and blame it. You have an instinctive response. Right. And it always, when I begin to, you know, when I'm overreacting, let's say to something that's happening in the present, it doesn't take long for me to sort of scratch at that and be like, oh, it's because I'm being triggered because I remember something from my childhood. It's like always, Mm -hmm. that's always what it is. That's always the source material. (laughs) Is that same with you? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, for the most part, but it's like, and then, but then I internalize that and get angry at myself, which instead of getting, instead of just, instead of not getting angry at all and just casting it away and going, well, that's why it is. So, okay, what are you going to do with it? I then get mad at myself for being like, well, that's programming from the past and you need to break that. Yeah. And it's not easy to do. No. Not an easy thing to do. It's really hard. I mean, understanding it does get you a lot of the way, Mm -hmm. but not all the way. I've really struggled in my life with trying to figure out the proper, um, I don't know, way to handle anger, just the role that anger plays in a day-to-day life. And cause I'm just in general, uncomfortable around anger, even, mm-hmm. even my own, especially my own. So, um, it's taken a while to realize that getting angry is a normal, it's normal and it's can be useful. And, you know, but I still like, I don't know what the right way to handle anger is. It's tough. Tough. And then do you find that the anxiety around a situation possibly escalating to anger yes. makes you want to avoid that situation? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so what I was going to ask before we even got into all this, sure. but all of this relates to it as well. Given that you describe these disturbing, to me, disturbing images as just pixels on a screen and so you you have that ability to like disconnect mm-hmm. um, in in real life with real flesh people in front of you, do you have that too? Do you no. disconnect? No. No. God, no. No. Thankfully not. I think there was, there's probably a period of time where it would have gone that way or could have gone that way or I would have acted as if that were the way, but it's very, very much different. And and honestly, even that, like, now I can look at popping and giggle because it's not, I'm not feeling that or whatever and it's silly and I, that's whatever. Uh, but that my, the, I, I, I can avoid a file based off the file name now. Like mm-hmm. I've hit that point of like, oh, I, I, there are, there's, there's a story being told with, with whatever you're watching. There was someone holding a camera that was someone in front of the camera. That was a, an experience in somebody's life. And to not take that into account and 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 feel for it is to I mean there's a part of me that doesn't feel alive if I don't do that so it's very much so different now right. I've like actively actively tried to work on that I mean in your relationships are what this is such a personal question but like well we haven't gotten too personal yet so this is good <laughs> right this is finally <laughs> ask me what video games I'm playing Christ um, 
No, go ahead. What's, what's your empathy level? Uh, oh, God. That's a great question for Bria. She, she would ask you what time of day it is <laughs> and how's my hair. Like it, it, it ebbs and flows. It absolutely does. Some days I'm just, I am, I'm swollen with empathy. It's disgusting. It needs to be squeezed out of me in a graphic way on a subreddit. Uh, and then there are other days where I am so cut off. I don't have time for emotions. I just don't mm-hmm. have time for it for whatever reason. Whether I'm too focused on my own shit or I'm too stressed out about everything else or I'm feeling so much emotion that it's now off the charts and has plummeted down to where I'm pretending I feel nothing. Right. It all, it ebbs and flows, you know? Um, but I, I think I'm getting better with it. Oh, so it is something that you have to work at? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I wonder if that's the case for all guys. You know, Jeff. guys are told from a young age. I don't, <laughs> is it, Jeff, did you... I don't know. You tell Jeff me if I'm has wrong. left the room. I feel like... Can you see me? I'm hiding behind my microphone. <laughs> I feel like men are told that from a very young age that the masculine thing to do is to shut your fucking feelings down. Just whether you're crying because you scraped your knee or because some girl broke your heart. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Choke that up. That's not what a man does. You don't, you don't attach to emotion. That's weakness. That's whatever. That's a feminine quality. Get out there and lead. Suck it up. And so I'm not blaming it all on society, of course, but I think that that's why... You probably encounter men who have to work on associating with and attaching to their emotions more often than than women who need to. What right. are you, a woman? <laughs> let's do <laughs> – let's take some audience questions oh. over Twitter. Oh, play the theme song backwards. we got to rewind it. It's the topic, topic sombrero. We asked for topics and you sent them in. It's the Topic, Topic Sombrero. Now pick the topic and let's begin. It's the Topic Sombrero. It's time for the Topic Dab. Okay, Sputin Savage says, do you wipe sitting or standing? Sitting. Well, squatting. I have a squatty potty. Oh, you do? I love it. It's the best. Bria really? hates it. It's the best. Yeah. What do you love about it? The the, the efficiency. It's fantastic. Now look, if you want to, if you got a new iPad game that you got to chew through, you got a bunch of emails, or you got to have some words with friends. No, you don't reach for the squatty potty. But if you want to, you need to get in. You need to get out. You got a Shark Tank meeting to get to. <laughs> reach for that squatty potty. Really, it makes every just speeds it all. It totally up. does. Absolutely. The whole process is cleaner and simpler and more efficient. Wow. On a, a five cent piece of plastic. Wow. That they'll charge you twenty bucks for pretty good business bobby says what's the most nonsensical fight he's had with a girlfriend sober unless high is really funny candy flipping funny uh sober fight that i've had with the girlfriend was probably uh a, an ex who would put her mouth right directly onto the mouthwash bottle uh the the listerine bottle and would chug into it and i said that that's there there are cups there you can also kind of tip it back you don't have to put your entire mouth hole around the listerine bottle mm-hmm. which is what i want to use to kill germs her argument was that the listerine kills germs also you put your mouth on my holiest of holies so why do you care and i said this it's a thought thing it's a general it's a general i'm thinking of other people that might need to use this bottle sort of thing that was the dumbest fight that blew into weeks later of still arguing about whether or not it's okay to put a mouth on a Listerine bottle. It's funny because I can totally see her side. Totally. I get Bria now. She basically licks every surface when I'm away. <laughs> and I know this, I have drop cams. She just goes around wiping her butt and licking everything. <laughs> All my glasses, my Sonicare, my Listerine bottle. It's fine. I get it. For me, it was just the, 
back me up here. Back me up, right? There's as a single bachelor fellow. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a weird thing because if I was living with someone, I don't. Well, you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it in front of somebody. Okay, I would do it with the door closed. Okay, that's but, valid. But in general, if I was living with somebody, I think I would. I would put it in a cup. Thank you. Yeah. And there were cups yes. there, or you just you can tilt. But if you, you want tilt. to do it, at least have the common decency but to right in front hide of your shame, chugging out of it like a hobo with a magnum, just forty yeah. of yeah. of listerine, chugging out of it. And what just I'm pride relating to is, and I'm sure this is what, she, or I imagine she probably expressed this, is the idea that if you have a problem with it, like why do you have a problem with her mouth and her germs? Etc. Right. I imagine just, that she felt offended by that. Oh, maybe if she would have said that, I've been like, no, it's not you. It's just the it's the act itself. It's like this is it's it's supposed to. This is a product used for hygiene. Right. But what's wrong with her mouth? That's what well. She would say. Obviously, there's some shit swimming around in it. That's why she needs to pour some listerine in it. So keep your filthy mouth off my listerine. Yeah, but still. No, now I'm going right back to it. <laughs> now we're going right back to it. Get out of this house. Get out. I think the fact that she did it in front of you is, was a power move on her part. I do, too. I think it was establishing dominance. Yep. And at that point, I'd rather her just pee on my toys. Exactly. Ace Machismo says. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Pee on the toys. <laughs> Could a washing machine hold a conversation with R2-D2? And would R2-D2 ask for a fabric softener touch afterwards? I don't even understand this question. I don't know. Can two droids have a discussion? Sure. I don't know that if the washing machine is sentient. I mean, my washing machine is not that intelligent. I don't know about mm-hmm. yours. No. So I would imagine that R2-D2 could hold a conversation with it, but there would be nothing of value or substance there for him. So he'd get bored and wheel away. Great, great answer. Gatung says, whose idea was it to have Kevin Rose spit in his face and how gross was it? Uh, that was my idea. I wrote that bit. There was a there. The, the, I used to host Attack of the Show. Before that, the show was called The Screensavers. And when I was brought on to be a part of The Screensavers, there was a lot of backlash because I was not from Tech TV. I was with the network G4, G4 Bot Tech TV. It's a long, nerdy story <laughs> that a handful of people on 4chan care about. Uh, but bottom line was, I I wrote a whole bit about me welcoming myself to the team, and it was them putting kick me signs on my back or laughing me out of a meeting or whatever. And it culminated with Kevin Rose spitting in my face. So yeah, I happily wrote that. And I still think it's a funny bit. Jacob Frederick says, do people butcher his last name all the time? Which is why my new Twitter handle is attack. <laughs> what do they say? Uh, Pereira, Periera, uh, Mr. Kevin. I'll get a lot. Cause I'll just bail out <laughs> checking in at a hotel. Mr. Kevin, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Lindsay Horton says, does he still have the keyboard cat that I made then won for the attack of the show competition? Then yes, I have. We did a keyboard cat art show competition thing and I kept, that's one of the few things that I kept were some of the top, like the top five things I have in storage still on my keyboard cats. JFAG and I'm oh. uncomfortable with that name. And in fact, I want to just refer to him by his Twitter handle, which is at Disney thrills. <laughs> Wait, What? <laughs> <laughs> that was a plot twist. Says, yeah, w- w- just you wait. Oh, Is there okay. a shirtless pic of Kevin available? He's been my celeb crush for like five years. Oh. I need a print. That's sweet. Yeah, there's several, several shirtless photos. There's even a, there was a, a blogger account of fake celeb, like porno photoshops. And I had my own section on there, which w- I was super thrilled. Like that felt like an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was very generous with the bodies that he put, would put me on. Very generous. Nice. Mostly tanned, like 12 pack abs. Well, very well hung. 
men in showers. And he took the time to get like the shadows right and the lighting right. I just, I appreciated it. So it's the little details. Did, yeah. you, did you show those to your dad and say, who's being productive now, dad? That's funny. <laughs> I was just, I was like, I'm not going to tell that part, but I actually did email. I emailed the photos to my dad and my brother and I was like, hey, hey, look, I'm, I made it or whatever. <laughs> it was like two or three years into being on Attack of the Show or whatever. And I sent him off and I made it. Never got a reply to that email. Never got a reply. But I'm sure they're in their lockers at work. I'm sure I'm they're sure, proud. Yeah. <laughs> Oily Earl says, is it okay to wear socks and sandals yet? Yeah. It's okay to wear whatever the fuck you want. Right? I mean, Bold. no. Life's too sh- I mean, is that You're too, right. Is that too chicken soupy for the soul? I'm really, no, I'm at this good. phase now. Really? I, yeah, I'm at, I'm at it. Peru really kicked it into high gear for me. I'm fully like at, like, just wear whatever the hell you want. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm into wear whatever the hell you want. You're, in, you're, are you in like a chicken soup? For the soul kind of thing. Oh, I'm, I'm half in that. I got a toe in that water, but I'm also in like, it's not just about wearing whatever you want. It's doing whatever you want. If you're not yeah. causing harm to someone else, who gives a fuck? And yeah, someone somewhere is going to hate what you're doing or talk negatively about what you're doing or judge what you're doing. That's on them. That's their issue. Peru did this to you? Because yeah. I got to go to Peru then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went out for like ayahuasca and wachuma ceremonies. Like, oh. I, drank, I did the whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing. I took two and a half weeks and went out there and it was amazing. Yeah. Life changing. So yes, wear socks and sandals. That's what I spent a lot of time and money to go learn in Peru. Wear your socks and your sandals. If and ayahuasca brought this to you, um, not that specifically, but yeah, I, ayahuasca. It was ayahuasca was a, it was amazing experience. But there's that's a whole other it's a whole other thing. Right. But a two hour podcast on if anybody wants to listen to that, they can because I I talk in depth about it. It's a lot of vomiting, but it's a lot of processing. A lot of the childhood processing really? too. Yeah. Brian Smalley says, "Who has the best beard on the internet?" Um, Harley from Epic Mealtime. Oh, he does have an yeah. amazing beard. Jordan Luna says, where does he see himself in five years and will his empire rival Nerdist? Oh, wow. I, that's kind of him to even, in this <laughs> scenario, imagine that I have an empire in five years. Uh, I, I, I hoped, I hope to, God, in five years, that's tough. I, I hope to be retired. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and not that that doesn't mean that I won't create and won't do things and won't make things and whatever. I just don't want to have to. Mm-hmm. That's that's the burden I'd like lifted. I don't want to feel the pressure that I need to make a thing because that gets in the way sometimes of doing the things that I want to actually make. Joe Mama's Daddy One says, <laughs> "God, your followers. I some of these, these are I all think your have followers. Be yours. Nope, there's not a single follower of mine. These all are right. all yours. Grape or strawberry jelly? Uh oh, fuck. That's the hardest question that's been asked so far. Really? For me, it's pretty easy." Well, it's it for you. Strawberry, because I don't like grape flavor. Oh, well, then I like that's, grapes, that's really easy. Yeah. For yeah. me, it is. I, I, I'm right down the middle. Okay. I'm right down the middle. No peach. I'm going to throw that out there. No peach. Strawberry. Really? No no peach like jams. No. I've Anti-peach. done it before. I've done it before. I'm just saying that's the, that's the one I can eliminate. Okay. Adam Mulk says, would Kevin ever do shots of hot sauce again? Uh, Yeah. I don't know that I would for a TV stunt, but sure. I did 11 shots of Cholula in a row, and my... uh. My butt trended on Twitter that night as I was <laughs> tweeting the aftermath hashtag red hot pooper. So I don't know that I would ever do that again, but I, I did it once and yeah, it's fine. Now let's do just me or everyone. Yay! Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Well, it's time for just me or everyone. <laughs> Oh, Brooks, we win. Okay. Juan Salas says, just me or everyone, when I'm at a stoplight that used to have railroad tracks running through it, I always double check to make sure there's no train. Um, 
I don't know if I specifically check to make sure there's no train, but I mean, I do, you know, look both ways because you're supposed to. Yeah, I don't, I, the only, I'm trying to think of where this applies to. Right. Like in my daily drive, I, I don't, I haven't encountered that much. I think the nearest is probably near the Burbank airport where there, but there is a train there. But I think, yeah, if I, if I stop and I see train tracks, I'll give it a check. Yeah. Sure. A little left and right. Yeah, I guess I will too, because the thing is when you come upon train tracks, you don't know whether don't know. it used to have a train or it still has yeah. a train. There could be asphalt running through the middle. I don't know. I don't know if there's what sort of future train technology there is now. I don't know if something's coming down the track. Exactly. Maybe there's a guy in a hand cart. There's two <laughs> hobos just cranking on that thing. I don't know. You don't see that anymore. No, you I wish should. you'd. Yeah, I don't know if I ever have seen it at all, actually, but I would like to. James Leroy Wilson says, when I get up, I don't consciously think I need to pee, but the next thing I know, I'm in the bathroom. Yes, I've w- woken up in the bathroom many a time. Woken up? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, pillow, come to. Blanket, yeah. and then- <laughs> I just mean reached awareness. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. Clockwork. Amy Prusinski says, just me or everyone, every time I send a friend, we- re- excuse me, every time I send a friend request, I check out my page to see what kind of impression I'm giving off this week on social media. Yes. No. Really? No. You're confident. Don't. Well, I just, yeah. I, is that, is that what that, I mean, what's the, what's the concern about your impression? I like, think it's there... just what's going on right now on my page. If the person comes to check out my page, like right, right this minute, what are they going to see? Uh, maybe I should be more concerned about that. Nah. <laughs> I say go with it. Yeah. No, I don't. Peru. Exactly. Uh, Socks against, and sandals, guys. Against all Todd's says... When a woman talks about hanging out with her girlfriend, I wonder if she means friend or partner. Yes, I can relate to that. Um, when a girl says refers to her girlfriend, do you wonder girlfriend. if she's gay? Uh, no, no. I assume that all women are. It's, oh, we are. Yeah. The world is way hotter that way. Right. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, oh, can I, can I, can I hook this one? Can I bait her? <laughs> maybe I can get her. Maybe I can get her to make a change just for one night. Mm-hmm. Is that a fantasy? What converting a lesbian? Yes. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Joseph says, oh, no, sorry. That is just a tweet that I faved and accidentally included in this. Okay. Mark says, when you're trying to have a real conversation with someone and they default to, yeah, but things are going well, hashtag ugh. So this just me or everyone. Does everyone hate that? I think that when you're trying to have a conversation with someone and they just default to small talk, that is um, universally frustrating if you're a sensitive person. So you take it personally that someone doesn't want to in- engage on that level yes. or can't engage on that level? That's how I would take it okay. because it feels like a dismissal of whatever you're trying to say. And if they're just like, yeah, so things are going w-. I mean, there's times where that statement, but so things are going well, is appropriate. Especially if, if it's like, now what do we talk about next or whatever? But if someone's like, but things are going well, I can see where that feels like they're being like, let's go back to the surface of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, have you ever been on the other end of that though, on the flip side of that coin where someone is trying to get deep with you and you're either like, I don't have time for this or B, you're heading in a direction that I, I fundamentally disagree with, whatever your opinion is on whatever this topic is. And I don't want to take the time and energy to yes, to, totally. to really get in it. So you, you knock right. it up to the surface. Yes, but that's why in turn I don't like when they do it because right. I I know what is prompting me to do it. Right. It is it is like I'm I'm steering out of this. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't I, I try not to assume that if someone's bumping it back up to the surface that it's it's because they don't want to take the time or they don't have the time. Maybe it's because they they're either 
they're just not passionate about that topic. Mm-hmm. They don't have the knowledge of that topic. They're scared to get into that topic for what maybe for those reasons. So I don't necessarily take it as personally, but I do right. know that the times that I, if someone proposes something that's interesting or here, here's the foot in the door to having an in-depth conversation. And if I go like, yeah, okay, well, things are, everything's good, right? That's me going, I don't have the time for this with you right now. Sorry. So. Well, to be perfectly honest, I, what's still rattling around my head is that you totally fairly asked me to cough up an example that was like commensurate with yours sure. regarding the family Yeah, stuff. I went to a real deep place. I know. And, told a real, and it wasn't even a funny story. It was just like a real honest cut off the album. It was a B-side. I know. From a childhood. And I... And you did not reciprocate I, at all. I know. You said there are so many options. I literally can't pick one right well, now. Well, nothing jumped to the forefront. But things are great. But <laughs> honestly... <laughs> And it was a choice to drag it back to this because I could have kept going on the surface here. So in a sense, I feel like I kind of did that. And I have been sitting here feeling like that was not right of me mm. to not share one. But yeah, the reason I'm was. not... It wasn't gracious as a host or a friend. No, but go ahead. <laughs> it might have been the right choice, though. It's okay. The reason I'm not is because <laughs> any of them... I don't have like a neat, clean story I feel like yours was sort of neat and clean. So any of mine are going to be You've these like... You've got an accumulation of stuff, right? It's like, imagine a bunch of f- ripping the skin off and then like dropping a bunch of jacks in there and trying to reach in and pull one. It's going to pull a lot of like blood and flesh and fascia and fat probably. And just, this is super disgusting. Just pull up popping as a, to cleanse your brain. <laughs> I thought I was the dark place. Yeah. One. <laughs> so anything I pull up is going to like have all this connective tissue attached to it. But more, the, the greater problem is, and this is where I feel like it's actually even more kind of unfair. If I, anything I talk about is going to like, create a problem with my parents if any of it gets back to them because the time there are things that I've talked about that have created these huge conflicts with them so I've kind of been like it's not there's a now I'm nervous about talking about a lot of stuff so that's why I didn't but I feel like it's totally unfair of me because it was was. because you shared this story and you had issued the disclaimer about how you feel about your parents now. Hence, you, I can tell that you also are like, I don't want this to create a problem. So, yeah, I feel like a real shitty human being. Not that shitty. Though. Well, things are good, though. Right? <laughs> yeah. So things are going well. Things are going well. I didn't even catch it the first time you made that <laughs> yeah, comment. No, sorry, sorry, that's, how, that's how deep I was in my well. confessional of why I'm not being well, listen, professional. I, I, I sincerely appreciate that you wish you would have been more gracious and accommodating and welcoming and, and made a safer place for me to share. Um, but, you you know, and the fact that you didn't, and so that's okay, too. I might like, cry. Wait, I'm like, you do know that I'm fucking with okay. you, right? Like, I wasn't no, oh, 100% you don't. sure. Oh, come on. Of course. Okay. Now I feel Oh, better. my God. Of course. <laughs> Jeez. Really? Well, because I'm like, creating a trusting, safe environment is what I want to do. <laughs> that's, I pride myself on you that. You did. You did. I had okay. no problem. Go- I, that's why I had no problem with the opening salvo. And I completely, oh, okay. <laughs> completely understand. And li- like, I, I am waiting. My family is so passive aggressive that I don't know that there will ever be the come to Jesus chat about all the stuff I have shared. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if they've heard. I assume that they've heard. I, ju- I, I don't know. But that's why I always have to always have to. That's why I choose and, and now really make a point of doing the disclaimer of, hey, listen, 
this is these are just tales from the past. These do not reflect the current status of things. What I, like yeah. I want to disclaim all that. But oh, by the way, though, I was going to tell you something that I totally, totally relate to. Though, is the idea that someone's upset with you, but they're not going to tell you. You're just going to have to piece it together from the breadcrumbs, and then you're going to have to be the level-headed adult, even though you're the child, who's going to have to try to like tease it out of them and then manage the reaction. And like, that's another thing where I'm just like, that is fucked. And I find myself doing that to this day. Mm-hmm. And, but now like the roles are reversed, the cats in the cradle. I don't know if that's exactly what that song. No, it's not. Uh, the, with it. the, I will now like, Oh, I'm, I'm upset with, with Bria, with my girlfriend over a thing. Well, now I'm going to put together a Sherlock Holmes mystery and leave scatter puzzle pieces. everywhere. Oh, you, you're not forthcoming. I, I, at times, yes. And those are the times I'm proud of. And mm. other times it, it really takes her going like, what the fuck is this about? Like, or, and, and, and sometimes we'll both find ourselves coming to a head over like that, like the Listerine example, which wasn't right. with her, but like that would be the, the kind of stupid little nothing of a fight, of a disagreement, of a whatever. And then we have to go back through our history and try to unravel all the right. threads to piece together what we're really talking about right. at the end of the day. Are we just insecure about a thing? Do we not feel loved enough? Are we not organizing around each other enough? What what is what is it really? Mm-hmm. That's usually what things boil down to. Is your hesitation in being forthcoming um, that you don't feel justified in sharing your feelings about it? Or because I know that with with my husband now we are both pretty quick to just say what's on our mind. Thankfully, that's been a huge turning point. At the, at the beginning of the relationship, though, I would really uh, hold back on like something would upset me mm-hmm. and I wouldn't talk about it because I didn't want to be that person that was always having to talk about something or always overreacting or like I was so afraid to be high maintenance, um, quote unquote, that I that, that I mean, that makes it a thousand times worse, though, because it's like the person's picking up on something. Sure. But I wasn't always even sure what it was. Yeah, I. uh it, it depends on which direction the wind is blowing, but you know, there are some times where like, I, I think a lot of it starts with, well, uh, similarly, I don't want to say this thing that is bothering me or that is upsetting me or whatever. Like, I don't want to say this thing because there's just a, there's just no need. It's yes. a tiny little thing. It's just a little pebble in the ocean that is our relationship. So there's no need. So I'll dismiss it for that. And it, that pebble exists. It's now in my shoe, but that's, that's <laughs> just one little pebble. Right. Uh, oh, I don't want to say this thing because I don't want to hurt her feelings, mm-hmm. even though whatever it is, is it just it's a request of mine, but I don't want to do it because it might cause her an issue. So I'm just going to take that on me. I don't need to say anything. Another pebble. Yeah. And before I know it, like I've got boulders under my feet. <laughs> there are no shoes anymore. They've just shattered them and I'm clomping around and stomping. And what should have been a pebble in the ocean is now a tsunami. And then it then it opens up and right. then it unloads. And it's like, I don't consciously think i'm gonna squirrel this one away i think sometimes i'm trying to be the hero and take one for the team mm-hmm. or whatever and it accumulates trying to be mature exactly trying to be reasonable yeah it's fine and that oh this thing upset me or oh i was feeling slighted on that oh, that's okay that's fine and i'll just i'll put that on me yeah and then eventually it goes right back on her but just now magnified by a thousand and it's you know she's not dumb she's a smart woman she can sense when something's up mm-hmm. she can sense that first pebble in the shoe but even she i think falls into the same thing of like well i'll just let it go there's a pebble in our shoe no big fucking deal. Let's order Grubhub and watch some Netflix. Okay. And then a month later, we're stabbing each other in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, is a great way to relieve it, by the way. <laughs> and when you it. do that, when you decide to, you know what, I'm just going to handle this all on my yeah. own. You're not even giving the person the chance to react nope. the way that 
you would hope that they would react. Yeah. That's the thing is like, without even being aware of it, you're not even giving them the opportunity to be that loving person to you. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also though, that, that ounce of like, just like with the strangers and that, 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 that fear of rejection, that fear of what it might be. So you don't open yourself up totally. to receiving that response. It's like, it's also that selfish squirreling away of this knowledge because I don't want you to react negatively to what I say. Yeah. I don't want this to cause a conflict. So it's just avoidance. It's just avoiding right. at all costs. Right. Be right. Because there's the idea that if you react in a negative way, well, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> right. That, that reaction is now the issue, not the actual issue. But I think the evolved enlightened place to get to just in life is I'm going to say my piece and, you know, do what I need to do for myself. Not, I don't, I'm not giving anyone license to be a fucking asshole. That's not what I mean. Like, and you have to know the difference. Right. Um, but say, you know, I'm going to handle this the way I need to handle it and say it. And I am not dependent on your reaction. I don't know how to get to that place, but I think that's the goal. That is. The, and here's life. the thing. Here's what I've learned. Relationships, they're kind of about communication, guys. <laughs> I don't mean to blow minds. Wow. Did you, is that an ayahuasca that revelation? Was a, yeah, yeah. That came to me when I was on a yoga mat, vomiting profusely into a kiddie pool. Uh, yeah. They're about communication. So let's just communicate. <laughs> yep. It's true. Okay. Things are good. <laughs> but things are going well. <laughs> Sam Vance says... I can't stop petting my cat when she's asleep and immediately feel creepy when I wake her up. Well, I don't have a cat. I do have a dog. I know what you mean, though. Sometimes Wendy will be so cute when she's asleep and I'll want to pet her and I'll feel like I should really be just letting her be. And if sometimes she'll actually open her eyes and then I don't feel creepy, but I feel bad. Like she was sleeping peacefully. I don't feel that bad, though. It was, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's an animal. It's okay. It's right. an animal, and you're doing it out of love, not That's out of true. spite. You're not yeah. pranking it for a vine video. I think it's all right. <laughs> That's okay. Do you currently have a pet? Uh, yeah, we have a dog. She's uh, Hattie Jones, a 13-year-old chow retriever, dumb as a fucking box of rocks uh, animal. And she's the sweetest thing in the world. And all she wants to do is sleep all day. And that's it. That's, a, that's it. But my favorite game with her is she'll fall asleep no matter what. She'll fall asleep with her head up. And then her head will slam and hit the ground. Like it's really, it's, it, it might be a disorder. It's kind of adorable. We just haven't had it diagnosed. Um, but she loves to just, she falls asleep all the time. She's so old. So my favorite thing to do is to try to whisper her eyes to keep them fluttering <laughs> open as just as they're about to close off. <laughs> and just make a little noise. And the, the game is to how long can you keep her eyelids just a millimeter apart and fluttering open Aww. without her darting them open because you made too much noise. But right. if they close, you lose. So that is probably torture now that I describe it that way, <laughs> yeah. but it's adorable torture. Sounds fun though. Yeah. C.T. Olson says, I'm nearly 30, yet it still does not occur to me that I can buy whatever I want at the grocery store. <laughs> so much bacon not purchased. I get that with everything. Yeah. I was like, I'm an adult. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have saved and worked hard and like I have discretionary income, disposable mm -hmm. income even. And so I, I, I'm always like, I want, I don't have Oh, I could just... I'm an, I can buy that. I'm an adult. I can buy that thing. Yes. I can go ahead and buy a thing because I am an adult and I'm going to buy a thing. Yeah, I, I have that, that too. I remember when I first got my license and I was driving myself to school thinking, I have a license, but I'm driving myself to school. <laughs> like, why, am I, why are, look at all of us lemmings just driving ourselves to school. Why are we doing that? We could go anywhere. What was the last purchase that you made that you were just like, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm a goddamn adult. I'm going to go and buy this thing. Oh, good question. Um, I think... Was it like a vacation? Was it jewelry? Was it chocolate? Was it... Uh, Vacations have yeah. been the thing. Yeah, that's been a new thing 
that I'm finally in a phase of life where I can be like, let's not punish ourselves when we go away. Right. It's so nice. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's doubly hard to do because it's like, you, uh, oh, I'm selfish. I'm, I'm wasting this money. I'm spending this money on this experience. Plus, the experience is me leaving all of my responsibilities and the other things which give me the money to afford this experience. So it's, I'm leaving this thing behind to go waste money on this other thing. And it's, it's what a terrible mentality to have while going to relax right. or going to experience a thing. Right. Yeah. Shifting that is key. But I, I don't know how it was for you. I had so... Well, it wasn't so long, but it was traumatic enough. I'll explain what I'm saying instead of just saying all these things about it. Um, For a period of time in New York, I was so poor. I lived in New York for a while Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how I was going to make rent. And I feel like I spent all my time just pacing my apartment, just being like, what can I do without and how am I going to pay for my apartment? And it'd be interesting to go back and figure out how long that period was, but it scarred me so much. Now, obviously... If there's a homeless person listening, first of all, thank you for listening. But second of all, I get that I had a roof over my head. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, I, it's. But for me, it everybody's was. Everybody's problems are relative, right? Yes. Like this was a big concern for you. It was a huge it's just concern. just as big as a concern of someone who doesn't actually have a box to live in. It's the same size it, and level of concern because that for, was your reality. Yes, it was a huge. So I was nervous, like almost. Like I was anxious all the time and I felt like I was a failure. Like I, it's not working for me. I'm not able to bring in enough. It, it was after I'd gone freelance and the first year I went freelance because I worked at magazines for a while was so great. And then the next year like was not that good. Um, and I was also kind of shifting my career at that point. But I just, I felt like I'm having trouble paying rent. I'm failing. I'm, you know, I was just so nervous um, and so it took a while for me to get out of that mindset of I could be, you know, at poverty level at any moment. Mm-hmm. So now the fact that I can be like, let's go on vacation or like I bought a, a new car. It was a, a few years ago, but that purchase as well, things like that. Um, I, but, but then Daniel and I'll talk about both of us being happy. I mean, happy is the wrong word, but thankful that we both had those experiences of being that poor, mm-hmm. relatively, obviously, um, just so we can appreciate now that that we're not in that place anymore. Yeah, makes you and and you know that you fought through that once and you right. overcame it once before, so it gives you a little confidence to proceed in the world as is. Yes, and, and you won't allow yourself to just fill a room with plasma screens because you suddenly can and go back to that feeling of oh shit, I can't afford the roof now. What am I going to do? Right. Yeah. Right. So, what was your last last purchase like that? <sighs> last purchase like that. Um. It's a great question. I probably a trip as well. I just pulled the trigger on one that I'm going on in September. Where are I'm you going? Go to Cabo for a couple of days. Nice. Yeah, it can be fun. Have you ever been? I never have. I have. Yeah, it's great. It's like it's the it's like it's an hour and change away, and you're in a different country, and there's beautiful resorts, and just go and get off the grid and decompress and sit by a pool for a little while, sit Maybe by the ocean. That's where we should go. I've been trying to figure out like where's where is our tropical destination if we were to have one way closer and cheaper than hawaii yeah and yeah you can have some great great times there yeah i got a couple spots that i can recommend okay yeah they're amazing thank you amazing uh and finally pond witch says i see a christian science reading room and think oh when did the scientologists move in there parentheses confuse them every time not every time but i have confused them before 
I, as you were reading that, I'm like, yeah, that's isn't science. It's not Christian science. Mm-hmm. It is. But what did they call it? Scient- it's something science, though, isn't it? Isn't Sci- that what they call it? About what Scientology is? Yeah. And Scientology. I've seen reading rooms, Scientology rooms that they're selling like Dianetics, but it says right. something science on it. But it's oh, not really? Christian, obviously. It's something else. But I don't know what don't it is. Remember. But Christian but science. Christian science is not Scientology. I no, I believe it's something different. Christian science or Christian scientists, they don't believe in doctors, right? Whoa, I'm pretty sure. Is that true? That's yes. I'm really? pretty sure that's the religion where So someone in a lab coat tells you you gotta pull out and pray. That's birth control. <laughs> like that's that's it. I yeah, I Do don't know. Do they not believe in science at all? Or they they, it's, they don't... it's a curious name if they don't. I just Is know it like faith that healing only or I honestly don't I don't know very much I about it. I want to ask you more that... questions about this thing that yeah. you said you don't know but a lot. But then about. the Christian science monitor, where does that fit into it? Because that's a respected journal. I really, I, w- I wish I had some information before I decided to flap my gums here, but I think Christian science, that's the religion where the parents will, you know, be brought up on charges because they didn't get treatment for their sick kid. Right. Yeah. I actually went to school with a bunch of Christian scientists. Oh, you did? Yeah. There was a bunch of them in Pennsylvania and it's, they sort of believe that Christianity itself in its original form had a spiritual element of healing to it. And they're trying to get back to that. So that's why they they issue doctors and some some modern medicine things. Really? I think. I could be wrong. Now where I wonder what the reading rooms are about. Learning. Learning stuff like that. There I had no idea. I mean, I always hear those stories of like, oh, well, we lit some candles around the body and tried to pray the lung infection out of a child. But I didn't know right. that that was Christian science. It might know? be other it's, it's religions very as well. Though. Old school sure. northeast religion okay. Yeah. okay now we know you guys awkward segue but hey if you're gonna buy something on amazon click through the banner on my website alisonrosen.com it doesn't cost you anything extra it helps out the show thank you for all your amazon support thank you for your paypal support There's paypal links on the right side of my website uh we have a ringtone and two singles available here's hey, the ringtone hey hey go fuck yourself and we have this hot summer jam Touch the tushy, touch, touch the tushy, tushy, touch. And then we also have the the Alquiz studio version. All of these are available on gumroad.com. That's G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com slash Allison Rosen. Again, gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen. And the Alquiz studio version is available for a pay what you wish price. Um, kids, that one's flying off the shelves, you guys. It's hard to even keep it in stock, that digital file. I'm going to be performing my podcast live all three days at Bumbershoot. So go to Bumbershoot.com, buy tickets, um, surprise guests, comedians, musicians, Thursday gang members. It's going to be a super, super duper fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. I forgot to mention we also have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at LA Podcast Festival. Those are on iTunes. Uh, Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me at Colonel Jeff Fox on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also not find me on Reddit, R Popping. <laughs> and Kevin, tell us where to go for you and plug all your things. Yeah, uh, turn into tune into True TV. I'm going to be popping up there a bunch in the next few weeks for Hack My Life Season 2 and a new show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Attack. And you can go to supercreative.tv for all the live streaming stuff that we're doing. We do live podcasts. We do live Let's Plays. We do live shows all on Twitch. But you can go to supercreative.tv for the schedule and all the info there. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for, for coming on. This was great. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.